going on, everybody? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 3 of Eagles Enemies, the final preseason edition of Season 5. Eagles Enemies obviously presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. We got a nice, fun, loaded episode for you today as I am joined by DolphinsTalk.com's Tom Ernesty to break down Eagles Dolphins. We recorded this a little bit earlier in the week, uh, but we have a very fun discussion about this Dolphins team. A lot of similarities between the Dolphins and Eagles going into 2022, and just some names that we should be looking out for this season from the Miami Dolphins. But before we hop into the episode, make sure you're following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter. On Instagram, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content or to inquire about sponsorship on the show. You can email us at undergroundsportsphi at gmail.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It goes a long way with helping more people find the show and getting specialty shows like Eagles Enemies in their podcast feeds during football season. And of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well as full video episodes of Eagles Enemies for the very first time live on YouTube, uh, as well as every single Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast in full video form on our YouTube channel. So subscribe to the channel, smash that like button, ring the bell icon so you don't miss a single second of content that we're putting out there. And uh, later on this season, I'm sure we'll have something, but every single podcast we have is laying down our Underground Sports Philadelphia hashtag Road to 1K Gauntlet Challenge. That is Underground Sports trying to get to the 1K subscriber mark. Uh, on streamer season, myself and Dylan Mazzola, uh, two of the, the core four OGs of Underground Sports, laid down our gauntlet earlier uh, in the week where Dylan will be cosplaying, once we get to 1,000 subscribers, a character from any of the shows from streamer season we have watched. And my 1K gauntlet for streamer season is, uh, if we hit 1K, I'll watch season one of Game of Thrones, which I've never watched Game of Thrones in my life. If you know me, I have a personal vendetta against the show, but we're watching House of the Dragon over on streamer season, so go check that out as well. Um, but if we get to 1K, I'll be diving into season one of Game of Thrones, and uh, stay tuned because we'll have an Eagles Enemies Gauntlet. Maybe we'll ask some of our guests in the regular season about an idea for us for the 1K Gauntlet on YouTube. But stay tuned for every single show's 1K Gauntlet. But without any further ado... Let's get into Eagles-Dolphins preseason with the one and only Tom Ernesty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thankfully the preseason is winding down, and thankfully we only have three preseason games now because the NFL caught up and realized four was just too much, and nobody really cared about that fourth preseason game. So as we head into preseason game number three, the Eagles are coming off a win against the Cleveland Browns, and they wrap up. Not against the New York Jets this year, but against the Miami Dolphins. This is Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, KB, and joining me from DolphinsTalk.com, a new friend of the show, Tom Ernesty joins me now. Tom, welcome to the show. And uh, the Dolphins and Eagles had quite the heated practice today, and we were talking before we started recording. It's a good thing that uh, you know they got the high energy and everything. Uh Talk to me a little bit about this Dolphins team, your expectations with all the big 
off-season moves, a lot of off-the-field stuff, including uh, somebody with your same first name, one Tom Brady, in the news <laughs> with the Dolphins a bit as well. What has this Dolphins off-season been like? Uh, it's It's been as expected as every Dolphins off-season. There's a whirlwind of news that either comes in that's uh, not favorable for the current quarterback or it's uh, something that the owner did wrong and losing draft picks. I mean, there's a... I, my expectations every offseason, it's never going to be quiet. And this one definitely wasn't. Started with all the rumors of Tom Brady, Sean Payton. That came to fruition that it was real that they were trying to do those things and got caught doing it and lost the first round draft pick in next year's draft. Uh, but the Tyreek Hill trade, I remember just walking through the library here with my daughter picking out books for her and my phone was just constantly buzzing and I see Tyree Kill traded to the Dolphins. I, I dropped my phone because I couldn't believe it first off. Um, but they added Cedric Wilson. They added Teron Armstead. They went after the weaknesses of the team. They didn't have enough playmakers for Tua. They got plenty of playmakers for Tua. They needed someone to protect him up front. They got two guys Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. Um, defensively, they stayed the same for the most part. Um, they're a little light at corner right now with some injuries that are happening. Just signed Trey Flowers, um, if you didn't see that news. Um, so adding another pass rusher to an already loaded unit of pass rushers, it's been a very fun offseason, but it all goes to the quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and how he performs this year. And I feel like the Eagles and Dolphins are in a very similar yep. uh, fandom state of mind when it comes down to the quarterback's got to execute. Now, I'm a big Jalen Hurts believer. I think he's going to you know, take that next step yep. with you know, consistency in the coaching staff, consistency with most of the players around him. They bring in the big weapon in A.J. Brown. Dolphins kind of in a similar spot. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tua so far throughout his career, and do you believe like he is the guy? Um, I, I am a Tua believer for sure. I think, you know, in 2020, he was thrust into competition, not even a full year removed from major hip surgery, um, which really, I think really slowed him down his rookie year, but he still had 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions his first season. The team played well while he was the starting quarterback. They won some good games. Uh, the Arizona game always comes to mind as rookie season. Um, the game against the Bengals, the final game against the Patriots. I mean, he did enough to show, all right, let's give him another offseason. Let's move him in the right direction. They didn't address the offensive line last year. He got absolutely destroyed against the Buffalo Bills, broke his ribs, broke his finger uh, the, uh, the week that he was coming back, and – you know, it took him coming into the Ravens Thursday night football game to lead the team to victory, and then they took off on a big winning streak towards the end of the year. After the Flores saga was over, they brought in an offensive-minded coach. Guys like Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, all the guys I've mentioned to help this quarterback go to the next level. So there is no excuses of bad O-line play. There's no excuse of there's no weapons. He's got to do it this year. And I am, I'm in firm belief that we will see him take the next step forward. 
But does the next step warrant him being the quarterback next year? That is the question that we'll find out throughout the season. If the team goes 10 and 7, 11 and 6, get into the playoffs, maybe sneak a win in the playoffs, I think you continue to build on that. They're going to have draft, uh, they're going to have a decent amount of draft capital uh, next year. They're going to have a decent amount of cap space next year so they can continue to build this thing up for Tua. But he's going into a big uh, critical third year. Uh, And if he performs well, the team will likely pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, that is the easiest decision that you can make as a team and then see how he does in year four. And then you could figure out if he's the long-term answer or if you have to go another direction. But personally, I think he's going to get the job done this year. I think the team's going to have – some success. Um, I double digit wins. If they don't get there is a big, big disappointment. One of the, the guys that you kind of mentally associate with the dolphins, Devonte Parker now gone. Uh, and he goes in the division, he goes to the Patriots. What were your initial thoughts on, you know, Devonte moving on and not going too far. Cause he's sticking in the AFC East with a, a bitter rival. Well, a couple of things. Uh, first off, with Devontae Parker, his issue is he's just he's just never been healthy. The talent is there. The problem with Devontae Parker and the type of offense the Dolphins are running, which is that you know like RPO from last year, the quick hitters, he can't separate. He was actually last in the league in separation two consecutive seasons in 2020 and 2021 out of, I think it was 115, 116 qualifying wide receivers. He had the least amount of separation from any defender. So it was tough, but he's very good at the jump ball. Um, He's, again, he's a solid player when he is healthy. The problem is he's not. Trading him to New England, I don't think that's a bothersome thing. They were talks from reporters that he was constantly complaining that he couldn't get open in practice with Xavier Howard on him. So I don't expect to see too much success out of Devontae Parker against the Dolphins. But, you know, the Patriots added a, a, a good player who can make high point catches. Um, you know, I wish him the best of luck, but, you know, I'm happy that they moved on from him because it allowed them to do the moves that they did with the wide receiver room. And then today, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, just uh, a plethora of rumors swirling around one of my favorite players in the league, Mike Gusecki. Yep. Uh, the score reports that the Dolphins are trying to trade him, then a bunch of other, uh, you know, in tap insider Dolphins media members say there's no truth to that. To me, it makes zero sense for the Dolphins to want to trade yep. Mike Gusecki. He's a, like you said, he's another weapon for Tua. I think they have a good rapport with one another. And. Why would you want to trade a, a freak athlete tight end who can catch the ball, score for you, he can block a little bit, and I, I think Kiseki's like on the verge of taking that next step as a tight end in the NFL. He could. Um his blocking is still a little suspect as it has been throughout his career, but you know, a good offensive coach and a good uh coach, head coach in general will play to the strengths of your players. And Mike McDaniel has said that that is what he's looking to do is play to the strength of the players that he has. It has been a long trial for Mike Kosicki in this, you know, this new scheme. This is, uh, you know, a heavily um, run system. They run a ton under the Shanahan uh, tree. and, And that's what Mike McDaniel is known for is the run game. You can't expect Mike Kosicki to be George Kittle. That's you, you can't make that comparison in the offense. They're two different tight ends. 
But I believe hanging on to him makes the most sense because even if he's not playing here again next year and he signs somewhere in the next offseason, he's going to warrant a big contract, especially if he has a decent year as he has the last couple. Um, and the Dolphins will get a comp, uh, comp pick. You know, it go to the trade deadline if the Dolphins aren't in any position, then trade him midseason and get a, uh, you know, get more value from him at that point. But I don't believe there's truth to the rumor at this stage. Um, as we're getting close to the 53 man roster, I'd be stunned to see Mike Kosicki get traded. Um, again, he's another weapon. And I said on uh, my show on Monday, that you could essentially have him as your sixth wide receiver, you know, list him as a tight end, but he's a guy that can line up in the slot. He can line up on the outside. He's a big red zone target, credible hands, concentration can high point the ball. He's physical at the point of the catch. It makes sense to keep him. But if a team were to offer you the Hayden Hirsch type deal, a second and a fifth, I have to consider it at that point, but someone's only offering you a fourth round pick for him. No, we'll keep him. hundred percent agree with you. And you bring up Mike McDaniel, new coach coming in. Uh, what are your expectations for, you know, what he's going to bring to the table to potentially elevate what Tua uh, is going to be able to do in his NFL career and all these weapons, like we said, uh, with Mike McDaniel at the forefront seems like a very exciting thing. If you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Um, I expect him to take a lot of pressure off Tua. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have not been known to be a good running football team for the past f- five, six years at least. Um, he's going to bring that mentality to the team, the physicality up front, establish a nice outside zone run, uh, open up holes, because what that's going to do, it's going to relieve the stress off the quarterback. Stacking the box may not happen as often if you're able to just punish these guys in the ground game. So these guys have to back off a little bit and that's going to open up the middle of the field for guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, Cedric Wilson, rookie Eric Uzakama, who has really shown so much uh, this summer. And we're excited to see what he can do when the lights really go on. But um, there's a lot of weapons Play action passes. Tua is very good at play action pass. He was actually, I believe he was in the top five in the NFL last year in play action passing. So playing to the strengths of the quarterback, moving away from a little bit of that RPO style offense, but it's a West Coast system. So that's the same concepts. You're going to get the ball out of your hand quick. You're going to have crossing routes, play action passes, solid ground game. The offense can score 25 to 30 points a game. It's amazing, but he's also a first-time head coach. So the expectations for me is that he's going to be, um, he's going to be solid. He's obviously brought a lot of fun back to the Miami Dolphins organization with his press conferences. The guys are very loose; they're having fun. Um, they're not; they don't have to walk in a single-file line when they leave a meeting room, like Brian Flores had him do. I mean, it it's complete night and day, and you can see it with the players. But I. I hope that Mike McDaniel um, brings some of that zeal that he that he talks about and we see it on Sundays when it counts. What have you made of Tyreek Hill's, you know, offseason podcast tour comments about, you know, Tua throwing the best ball he's ever caught and really gassing up his his new quarterback? Well, it's a com- it's a confidence thing for Tua, right? You have a, a arguably the top 
two top three wide receiver in the NFL touting how great you can throw the football. Um, and the one thing that I really took away from all of this is that everyone is saying that Tyreek Hill said that Tua is better than Patrick Mahomes. He never said that. He's just said that he's more accurate, which is true. Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes obviously is a better quarterback, but that's not to say Tua can't get to that next level. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes level, but can he make the leap to be a top 12 quarterback, which is somebody that you'd want to hang on to. And Tyreek Hill is going to give Tua that opportunity. Run after the catch is is huge. People talk about Tyreek Hill being that deep downhill threat, you know, that downfield threat, and Tua's got to try to throw the ball down the field, and he can't. That's not true. Uh, Tyreek Hill actually caught more balls at or within five yards of the line of scrimmage than really any other wide receiver in the league last year. And Patrick Mahomes was towards the top of passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage. He just let his playmaker like Tyreek Hill do the work. That's what they want Tua to do as well. Get the ball in the guy's hands and let him do his thing. Um, I love Tyreek. I, I, I think he's, he's brought a lot of juice to the wide receiver room competition with Jalen Waddle, who's the faster wide receiver between the two of them. They're going to be matchup nightmares on Sunday. If you line them both up on the same side of the field, that is going to be a problem for opposing quarterbacks because you don't know who you got to cover, what kind of you know what kind of route uh, concepts are going to be run on the play, and it's hard to keep up with them. You know, in the joint practices today, you know you saw that out of Tyree Kill, Jalen Model didn't practice, but Tyree Kill one on one in those drills, impossible to cover, absolutely impossible. So who are you going to game plan for? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You double one of them, you got to leave the other one one on one. We saw what Jalen Waddle did last year in overall catches and production. You pick your poison. As long as Tua can get them the ball and let them do their thing, it's going to be great. Kind of answer my next question, too. I was going to say, you know, bringing in Tyreek Hill and seeing what Jalen Waddle was able to do last year with his college quarterback, how much better do you think Jalen Waddle's going to be this year in year two? Um, I think he's going to take the next step. I don't know if he's going to get 105, 106 catches, um, due to the amount of weapons that they have here. Uh, but you know, a 60, 70 catch campaign and a thousand yards is really on par with what he did last year. I think he's going to get a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more of an average of closer to like, like 11, 12, 13 yards per catch versus last year. We was hovering around like nine. Uh, nine to 10. It's just that it was the function of the offense. And unfortunately he was really the only guy out there that Tua trusted uh, and threw him the ball a ton, but he made the plays. I think Jalen Waddle is going to have a, a very strong year too. And uh, you know, a lot of that attributes to Tyree kill being on the other side of the field. A lot of new running backs uh, in this running back room too, for the dolphins with also uh, a few familiar faces as well. Going into this final preseason game, which uh, which guys in the backfield do you think are going to make the cut for Mike McDaniel's first squad? Well, Raheem Mozart is an absolute lock. Uh, Chase Edmonds is an absolute lock. So there's two. Um, when I look at the wide receiver, the running back room, you have uh, Sony Michelle, who has been a proven power back. Um, you have Miles Gaskin, who's kind of the incumbent. He's been here, and same thing with Savan Ahmed and Zaquandre White. 
uh, also is another name uh, to definitely keep your eye on. I, I think he is really the dark horse of the group where he could maybe sneak in. If they decide to keep four running backs on the roster, he might be one of those guys that, that can sneak through. Um, but if I had to go with one option, I would probably stick to Sony Michelle because he is, he's a guy that can definitely get you that yard if you need it. Right. Um, but he also can make big plays. We saw what he did with the Rams last year, uh, how he was able to carry the load late in the year after um, Darnell Henderson went out and obviously Cam Akers was out pretty much all season. So Michelle definitely made an impact there and helped the Rams get to the big dance by providing a little balance. I I would say that it's Mozart, Edmonds, Michelle, and if you're going to keep a fourth, I'd probably lean – Savan Ahmed as the fourth guy. Uh, but Saquandre White might make the practice squad if they decided to go that direction. Yeah, I mean, knowing McDaniel coming from that 49ers system, they they love to, you know, just have their carousel of running backs and whoever's yep. got that hot hand, they're gonna ride them. Uh obviously you have Xavion Howard in, in that secondary, but talk to me a little bit about this Dolphins defense and your expectations for them going into, you know. First time without Brian Flores there. What are you what are you kind of feeling and, and viewing from this Dolphins defense going into 2022? I think the concepts are going to be the same. You're going to see a lot of aggression. Uh, the beginning of last year, we were kind of dumbfounded after every game, seeing that they weren't blitzing the quarterback a lot. They are just, you know, really, you know, kind of just sitting back and just thinking that the the front four was going to be a front three or four were going to get after the quarterback and force the issue. Um, Once they hit that Baltimore game, the light just clicked. So there's a lot of talk of that's when Flores handed the reins over uh, to Josh Boyer and Josh Boyer was the guy calling the plays uh, on defense for the remainder of the season during that stretch that the Dolphins defense was at the top um, and making a lot of plays for expectations this year. I think Christian Wilkins is the is the one player really to keep your eye on. I think he's going to make that massive leap again in year four. Um, he's been doing it all camp. Last year he was virtually unblockable on most plays. I, um, Emmanuel Agba was re-signed. Uh, Raekwon Davis needs to have a bounce-back season. I really like what they did uh, with the linebackers bringing in Melvin Ingram. They brought in uh, Trey Flowers today so if he makes the 53 that's another veteran body uh and a guy that can get after the quarterback um andrew van ginkle jerome baker and you got channing tindall uh, who they drafted with their first pick in the fourth round this year uh i don't think we're going to see a ton out of him right away uh but he's definitely going to get some playing time uh in certain situations because he is lightning fast and when you talk about this secondary you mentioned Xavier howard you know he's arguably one of the top three corners in the NFL, you know, with Ramsey and I would say slays in that conversation as well. Um, Byron Jones, who's been on pup, we've got our fingers crossed. He'll be available for week one um, because it's good to have guys that, you know, they can play man coverage like Byron Jones can and be able to force the issue and guys throw to Xavier hard, which is why he gets so many interceptions because Jones is doing his job. But one of the not so household names that everybody should really start to learn, Javon Holland, 
is going to be, I, I'll just put it out there right now, he will be a Pro Bowl player, and he'll be in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. This kid is lights out. He can do anything he wants, and this is only his second year. Uh, you know, Tua has been challenging him in camp. Uh, actually, all the quarterbacks have. And what we've been seeing out of Javon Holland is that he is making plays that he shouldn't be able to make. And if that translates to Sundays, this kid's going to be a household name. He's going to be probably more of a household name than a Duran James based on his style of play and what he can do. He can get after the quarterback. He can pinpoint the football and make a play. Um, he's a heavy hitter. He can he can make someone hurt if he if someone's in that area. He's going to hurt them, uh, not on purpose, obviously. Uh, but Javon Holland is a big name, and Brandon Jones is the other safety. He led the NFL last year in sacks for a defensive back with five. It, it, the sky's the limit for this defense, but they got to stay aggressive and they got to be able to put pressure on the quarterback to allow guys like Xavier Howard to make those interceptions on those awful passes that come from the quarterback. Javon Holland, the way you described him sounds like what everyone wants Trayvon Diggs to be. Yeah. <laughs> because in a sense, yes. Uh, you know, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs is, he's like the biggest strikeout home run type corner in the, in the league. You know, he makes a ton of interceptions, but he gets burned the other 70% of the time where Javon Holland is consistently good and can do those things. I hope, I hope that everybody stays healthy on this defense because we could be looking at a top 10 unit this year, which is a nice change from, from many years past where, uh, you know, we're trying to get out of the gutter on offense and we're trying to stay consistent on defense, which is why I think that Chris Greer kept the core of this defense intact. Going into uh, Saturday night, obviously it's the final preseason game. I personally don't think we'll see too much of the starters, if at all. Uh, who are some guys that you're personally looking to kind of, you know, make that splash, make that final push to make this Dolphins 53-man roster? Uh, I'm looking at guys like uh, Trent Sherfield. Um, he's on the bubble for a wide receiver. I'm looking at uh, – I think Miles Gaskin needs to – show out to be able to take one of those roster spots. Uh, he is on the trade block. So there have legit have had discussions regarding him because teams that are losing running backs to injuries, they need some veteran presence. The dolphins will probably accept a six or seventh round pick for the guy um, because they do have a plethora of running backs. I'm ex I'm hoping that we see a, a, a good leap out of uh, Noah Igbenogany, but I'm not going to hold my breath uh, this is going to be one of the three first round picks from 2020 that likely is going to be a huge bust. Uh, as that draft happened, they drafted no Igbenogany, and I've, I've been a proponent of drafting running backs and getting elite players at positions. I don't care where they're drafted. If there's an elite player there, you take them. When they traded back with Green Bay for that Jordan Love trade, I immediately thought they just traded back to get a running back. That's amazing. Whether it was Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, or whoever it was. And then they took Noah Igbenogany, and I was just kind of like, shit. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was so disgruntled by it, and now it's showing that it, the project just isn't panning out the way that Brian Flores thought it was going to be. 
But the fact is that he is struggling still with the same defensive system, and he is just getting roasted in practice, and he's getting roasted in the preseason games. It's not good. And I, he's going to get, he's going to play the entire game. And usually that's a sign from the coaching staff. If you're playing the entire final preseason game, this is your last chance. So I would expect he's going to be on the field and he's got to make plays. He's got to make plays, whether it's defending the pass, maybe tip a pass, intercept the ball, whatever he's got to do uh, to be able to try to stay on this roster. It's going to be tough. We'll see. And, you know, kind of looking at some of the guys that the Eagles have brought in that I'm sure will get at least a little bit of playing time. What are your expectations of kind of looking at the trenches with that Dolphins offensive line going up against the Eagles defensive line that has had so much depth for as long as I can remember. And then they bring in this 300 pound train known as Jordan Davis to add to that. Uh, What are you kind of looking at, you know, from that standpoint of the trenches and then on the flip side, from the Dolphins' defensive line going up against this Eagles' offensive line, which, again, has incredible depth and potentially Jason Kelsey 2.0 with Cam Jergens. Yeah, the um, my my expectations is I just hope that the Dolphins' offensive line, because they're likely going to play their backups on Saturday night. I don't think we're going to see any of the starters taking reps. If there are, they, they better hold their own. And you mentioned Jordan Davis. I was a huge fan of him coming out. Um, and – as soon as he was taken by the Eagles, I'm like, oh, thank God he's in the NFC because I didn't want the <laughs> Patriots to take him. I didn't want the Bills to take him. I didn't, sure as hell didn't want the Jets to take this guy. Um, he's he's an absolute monster. But, yeah, you guys, the Eagles have serious depth on, on the defensive line, and, and that's good for the for the long haul because, you know, if you are if you have guys that, you know, show out and they're up for a contract and the Eagles are like, eh, well, we got the guy right behind you. That's going to make less and still provides the same production. Uh, you know, you can trade those guys, get draft picks and just continue to build the, on that defensive line um, with the offensive line. I, I expect um, the Dolphins defensive line to, you know, to provide a little bit of push. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see much in regards to scheme in either direction, um, because why tip your hand in a meaningless game? Uh, you know, especially for the Dolphins, don't tip anything to Bill Belichick. Right. Don't show him anything, um, and and make him guess. And and they've done a good job of that. But I, I expect uh, some physicality, just like we saw in the practice today. I think these guys are going to get after it, and uh, the bubble players uh, are are really going to do whatever they can. So I expect uh, some pushing and shoving on Saturday between both of those units and uh, hopefully everyone gets out, uh, gets out of this game without an injury. Uh, That's the most important thing, regardless of starters or backups. You you don't want injuries. I hope it's a good game and hope for the best for both teams. hundred percent. And, you know, these two teams having tons of, uh, you know, front office relationships wouldn't shock me if there's, you know, some sort of just talking behind the scenes for down the line between Howie Roseman and this Dolphins front office as well for future trades and everything, because it seems like every year there's an Eagles-Dolphins trade somehow, yep. some way. Yep. Uh, Tom, I always ask our guests uh, a fun, quirky question revolving around the team that sure. they uh, they talk about and everything. Obviously, Christian Wilkins, big Hamilton guy. Uh, if you could cast you know, your own version of Dolphins-Hamilton with Christian Wilkins, <laughs> who else would be joining him on stage? Oh, yeah. Uh... You got to look, you know, Christian Wilkins is a character. Um, he's, he, his personality speaks volumes. 
And you know, if I had to, if I had to get a couple of guys to to be on that uh, Hamilton cast with him, I would probably start with Tyreek. Uh, you got another guy that just has a you know big personality. You hear it uh, every day in practice. He's one guy. Um, I'd even throw Mike McDaniel in there somewhere. I like uh, that. <laughs> I think uh, you know, I would. I'm trying to think of some other guys. Uh, Javon Holland. You know, I'm trying to think of all the characters I see on these dolphin videos every week, every day talking about, you know, different things that they like or, or don't like. Um, so uh, definitely Javon Holland. And I would probably put Toronto Armstead in there because he knows how to drop a drop some beats too. So I like that. That's I think he's a perfect, you know, Hercules Mulligan uh, from Hamilton for the ones that know Uh, Tom, this has been fantastic. Looking forward to Saturday night. I'm sure we'll be tweeting up a storm. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. Check out all your dolphins coverage and everything you're doing with the dolphins. Uh, You guys can follow me on Twitter at dolphins talk. Tom, you can go to dolphins talk.com. That's where we have all of our podcasts, uh, articles, everything else. And you can, Listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there. Awesome, man. It's going to be a good one. And uh, right right around the corner is that regular season. And uh, I think the Dolphins are, are due for a good one. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they I do. I hope so. Maybe, maybe we'll get to talk again next year when the divisions actually play each other. Absolutely. And a meaningful game, too. Yeah. Big thank you to Tom for hopping on the show and helping me break down this final preseason matchup. Obviously not going to see a lot of, if at all, any of the starters from the Eagles or Dolphins in this one, but a good ton of information there from Tom. You guys should be following him uh, for any and all Dolphins needs, or if you're just an NFL head and need some good NFL content on your timeline, Tom is a fantastic follow, so make sure you're following him and everything that he's doing with DolphinsTalk.com and his podcast as well. I'll definitely be checking it out uh, for sure and supporting a new friend of the network. But big thanks to you guys for tuning in. Final preseason game going down Saturday. And uh, before we know it, it'll be September 11th where the Eagles are taking on the Detroit Lions, which will be our next episode, obviously. And joining me is an OG guest of the show, Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. Early on, agreed, he's ready to rock and roll and come on the show this year once again for Eagles-Lions. So stay tuned for that one coming out the week of September 11th for week one of the 2022 NFL season for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be a fun one. Buckle up and let's get uh, ready for a very fun Eagles enemy season here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Make sure you guys are following us, like I said at the top of the show, at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on this Eagle schedule. If there's somebody that you want to have us to have on the show that covers a team that you may like or you know you enjoy eagles enemies and you want to see a particular media member on the show or youtuber since we're in the youtube space and there's a youtuber you want us to have on as a guest for eagles enemies comment down below on youtube and let me know hook me up what's up youtube uh but this has been season five episode three of eagles enemies presented by underground sports philadelphia i'm your host kb 
And until the regular season gets here, go Birds. <laughs>